two-man. Israel Folau! Is he? Is he in? You better believe it. New Zealand Rugby's organised a crisis <laughs> meeting with uh, Stephen Larkin. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. And welcome to the 18th episode of the Draft Rugby Podcast. We discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Kagi, and joining me, I have the one and only Harrison Thale locking in for his 40th podcast this week. Harry, how are you, mate? Great to be here, mate. Fantastic to be the first draft rugby man over the 40 cap mark. Big, big moment for me. It is. It's a momentous occasion. Um, And yes, in case you couldn't tell already, um, we are doing this uh, over VoIP. We're not, this is the first time we're not, uh, haven't gathered together in the same room. Um, And uh, further on that as well, there's only the two of us this week, so... uh, Nelson pulled out in the final hour um, because of some, I don't know, some lame excuse. He said he's having surgery tomorrow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Harry, you got more details on it? I do, mate. He pulled out of this if he just pulled his finger out of the hopawadi that he had it in during the rugby <laughs> game on the weekend. He wouldn't have broken his finger and he would have been here. That's it. I know. It's a... Look, it's a soft one. You just play through, don't you? You know, just tape it up and keep going. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it was going to make him battle with speaking over a microphone, but mate, look, he's pretty soft that one. It's true. It's true. Look, you know, I mean, he's got to hold his head up sometimes. You know, he needs both hands to do that. So um, <laughs> anyway, um, punch it on. Uh, smashing the plugs. Uh, super quick. This time, draftroby.com. All the articles. You know, it's all there. At draft on Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Tell everyone to follow us, and if you're not already, just be better, um, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, sticking to the structures. For Entree this week, we're going to serve up a review of Fantasy Super Rugby Round 13. For main course, we're going to look ahead to week four, no, round, we'll look ahead to next week and round 14. Yep. And for dessert, we are going to do some Rocks or Diamonds players. So uh, last week, we, um, we got stuck into the workmen. The, uh, the players, the high work rate players, the guys who just get through a lot of tackles and a lot of carries. And you didn't enjoy that one bit, did you, mate? I did. No, it's not really my style. <laughs> so um, so we couldn't help ourselves this week. And uh, we're going to have a look at those players who score the most points per run. So um, If they get the ball, that. they will go big. That's it. So stay tuned. All right. Um, into the entree. Round tw- uh, 13, Super Rugby. Uh, the by this round was the Stormers, and um, I'll kick us off with the first game: the Blues going down twelve to twenty-two to the Hurricanes at home in Eden Park. Um, I was telling Harry how I uh, kind of the more this game went on, the more and more passionate I just kind of got got behind the Blues. You just kind of really wanted them to win. I don't know, um, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it's just uh, maybe the underdog status. Is that what you were saying, Harry? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I, I said a few few weeks ago when the Blues actually it was a while ago now in the season when they started playing well, you just want them to win. There's so many good players in there. They play a good brand of footy. It's hard not to back them. Mm, indeed. Um, so returning for this, TJ Perinai came back from a rest. Ben Lamb back from his calf. I was very disappointed because I traded him out and uh, was hoping he wouldn't play this week and have the the Byron coming up soon. Um, Tanyelu Talea back from his red card, so he was straight back starting on the wing. Yeah. Um, and with this game saw a couple of injuries, um, a lot of HIAs as well. Saw Harry Plummer with a concussion um, pretty, early, uh, pretty early. It was in the first half. Uh, Sam Nock, a uh, hand injury. 
Josh Goodhue uh, concussion. He failed his HIA. Fraser Armstrong concussion. I think he failed his HIA as well. And uh, James Blackwell with a shoulder injury, we think. Um, he did kind of stay on to play through, but uh, he was taken off when it was a yellow card to Tumunga Allen, um, and they had to replace a prop in the scrum. So they took him off and he didn't return. Um, in this one, the big talking points. I'd say Maha Nonu won the big battle we were all waiting for of, of Nonu and Lau Mape. Um, not by a huge margin, but uh, I would just I think he had a big influence on the game. They kind of really shut Lau Mape out of this one. Um, what did you think about that, Harry? Uh, thanks, mate. You knew I didn't get to see this one. I was too busy working. So, yeah, yeah, com- <laughs> completely agree. Absolutely. Through my bus. Um, no, look. I know I want to be quiet in the second half. Uh, and look, I mean, I'm definitely biased having Mahanoda in my team and being stoked with that. But um, particularly in the first half, just made some great decisions. He was kind of really calling the shots and letting Harry Plummer just play. Uh, so he was kind of acting as you can, I suppose, organising the back line and calling calling the moves. Um, and he made a couple of really great, like, kicks for territory and um, just getting the ball out wide. So it was good. And his D, obviously, was very solid on Lamarpe, just um, not really letting him, allowing him into the game. Uh, he was also denied for try later. Uh, he slid over and he was my, I had two players denied for tries this round, but uh, we'll get to those in due course. <laughs> um, so in this one, look, uh, the Hurricanes' defence was just amazing. Geordie Barrett, if you got points for try savers, he'd be through the roof. He, he probably saved two to three tries on his own. It was actually incredible. Um, he's obviously found his position at fullback, right? Like This is another one where they've, as soon as they've moved him, he's just killed it. I mean, I could talk for, talk. There's heaps to talk about this game, but just going through quickly, the Blues had a really dominant scrum. Tumai Allen getting a yellow card after um, loads of resets. The deciding moment in this game was probably the 67th minute where Bowden got an intercept try. Um, it was one of those plays where uh, I think it was Laumarpe had slipped over, and so if the ball had gone to hands for the Blues, they were in down the other end. But Bowden did what he does best: snuck through and um, burned away for the try. Perifetta um, wouldn't have thrown the intercept. Just side note. <laughs> true, true, very good. Um, and in terms of the stats of the Blues, like against the Crusaders and a lot of this season, they they um, they were ahead. Sorry, they led most of the stats. They had the possession and territory, sixty to forty. Uh, a good amount more meters and carries, um, and just I don't know, just couldn't get couldn't get it through. Couldn't capitalize on all this ball. In terms of fantasy, uh, Akira was the man of the match. Fifty nine points, uh, twenty three carries for ninety plus meters. He only three tackle busts. He was just getting work done. Artie Severe, 58 points. Boost. Just, yep, just getting through it. And uh, Patrick Tupelotu and Bowden are both on 57 points. They had they had big ones. Yeah, very good game, mate. I, I, I can't, you can't go past a Friday derby ever. No, look, I've told you you've got to go back and watch that one. The physicality and the passion in that one was just awesome. They just went at it. It'll be my Tuesday night job. <laughs> yeah, that's my, it. My wife wants me to watch rugby every night of the week. She does. She's a big fan. She's yeah. actually going to be. She was going to step in on the pod for us tonight, wasn't she? Yeah, she was gutted. She couldn't stay. She couldn't be worse than Nelson. So that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Rebels versus the Reds. The Rebels got up thirty to twenty-four in a pretty close Ford Aussie derby. Four tries to two in this one, leading to the Rebels returning. You had Caleb Timu, who had a, a long ban after punching someone in club footy, so he came back on the bench. And you also had injuries to Hamish Stewart, who went down with a shoulder injury pretty early on, and Quade Cooper, who had a massive concussion when he collided with Samu Karebi's knee. Uh, So I I think from there you had 
Reese Hodge slot in at fly half for the back half, the back quarter of the game. Mm, no, that would that, that did not look pleasant at all. The thing that really stood out for me on this one was the Reds absolutely dominated the set piece. Like, I expected them to dominate the scrum because, let's be honest, the Rebels have no good props. But the the line-out, the Rebels were the best line-out in the competition, and the, the Reds absolutely dominated them. I think they stole three line-outs as they went, but they just had so much pressure on them. They jumped two pods every single time, and it made a massive, massive difference. Yeah, I think... Um... It's interesting, like, Jones has been the star of, the, of that line-out, but uh, they were probably really missing Coleman, I think, just that, that extra option. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that was surprising. Well, he, he obviously calls it as well, Coleman. He does, yeah. He leads that line-out. So the uh, field position was pretty... Sorry, the, the possession was pretty even in this one, but the Rebels dominated field position, especially in that first half. And every time they looked like they were going to put points on the balls, they just managed to ha- make an error and turn it over. And it was kind of the story of the first half of the game until, you know, a, a little bit later on, they started to put a little bit more together and, and really assert some dominance over the Reds. But it was just a, a little bit of an error-riddled match leading into that halftime. Um yeah. One of the standout plays for me, Isaac Lucas, great try. He uh, palmed someone off and then bounced to the outside, ended up doing a little one-two with Taniella Tupo and just scored a try when the Reds looked like they had nothing in attack. So he just continues to be an absolute standout for them. Uh, Dane Hallett Petty, he scored. Really, a, I was just going to say, he's really not afraid to step up like into Super Rugby. Is he? You know, he's an absolute youngster, but you he doesn't think look so. out of place at all. Yeah, he's not, he's not big either, but he just looks no. completely comfortable. Um, DHP, he scored a try, and I just thought it was interesting. It was his 50, 15th career try in 76 Super Rugby games, which I actually thought was really disappointing. But I looked at yeah. Ben Smith's strike rate, the accountant who he's often compared to, who has 36 tries in 150 games. So double the game, slightly over double the try. So realistically, I guess it's not that bad. Mm. It sounds like, though, you're right, for a fullback as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. Interesting to compare that to wingers, I suppose. But, um, yeah, who knows? In... Um, other than this, uh, the fantasy scores on this one, DHP, after that try, got 62 points, 13 carries for 120-plus metres, three line breaks, seven tackle busts. Reese Hodge got 49 points, Will Genia, 43, and Taniella Tupo, 42 points. And, sorry, Isaac Lucas as well, 42 points. And Tupo was robbed of a try as well. That, um, Could have been much have more. Huge implication on the game, uh, that try, but... Uh... Alas, it wasn't to be. Um, all right, very good. Um, Bulls Crusaders. I'm going to go Bulls, back to back, mate. That's it, Bulls Crusaders. Uh, so, oh, it's you. Yeah, the, who, who knew the Bulls actually had home games? Because it seems like they've, they get belted continually. The Chiefs smashed them early in the season. Now the Crusaders as well. They really don't seem to have any home ground advantage. Uh, the end score in this one was 13 to 45. The Crusaders scored seven tries to one. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it from like the very first minute. They just went, we are going to start this game at a blistering pace and speed it up like every minute. <laughs> like we're just going to blow them off the park. Every yeah. line out was quick. Like they just got it moving. It's unbelievable. It was even the the scrum as well was so fast. It was kind of like they didn't want the balls forwards to get an opportunity to get into the game and feel comfortable. So they yeah. just never really got the chance to be physical and try and assert themselves. They absolutely just like laid the game plan for playing the balls. Oh, that's like... awesome. And and I mean, what's his name? Uh, the the coach for them, Scott uh... Razor Robinson. Razor Robinson. That's what I said. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good mate, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's not that late. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, he seems to have this ability, like almost no other coach that I can remember, to just completely change the team's game plan and do it to such great effect as well. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, for this one, returning, you had Berger Adendal coming back from his eye injury. Shog Brits from that four-week ban for punching Ackers. That's going super happy. Oh, I don't know about that. Jason <laughs> Jenkins uh, came back from a pec injury. Devon Rousseau from a concussion. Crotty from a concussion and a, and a bit of a rest, really. Andrew Macaleo from a calf injury. And Richie Moe had the rest week last week where the Crusaders fell apart without him. So all back in this one. A whole lot of fresh legs. Speaking of legs, injuries this week, we had Joe Moody go off with a pretty bad-looking bad leg injury. Wow, is this, is this a segue brought to you by Segway? Again, mate, uh, credit to Elite Rugby Banter on that one. And we, can't, we can't steal that, no. Well, mate, hopefully I get a call out in theirs uh, for, yeah. that, for that one. Warwick Lant had tonsillitis and missed the game as well, so he should be back next week. Uh, mate, on, on that, I think Divan Rousseau looks way better at fullback than Warwick Lant. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but Collant he, he, hasn't impressed this year. Uh, I think he's been all right, mate. He was a bit up and down, but I think he's all right. Compared to last year, though, compared to his fantasy form last year, yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. But I thought when, when he got a few games together, I thought he started to come together and look pretty good. Okay. All right, takeaways from this one. Richie Moe scored the first two tries, immediately showed what they missed last week. The second one, I think he just got a lucky bounce of a grubber from Bridge. The second one, he broke the line himself, put a big step on Pollard, then showed a turn of pace to score it. On top of this, uh, he put two pinpoint crossfield kicks, one to Bridge oh. to gain 50-odd metres, and then another across to Reese for another try. So That was literally insane. Like, they were perfect. He de- was... He's amazing. He's dead yeah, the, set. The Bulls, the Bulls just compacted their defence. They were in the middle of the field. They, they just went, fight. we'll just literally kick over you one side, take half the field, and then we'll kick again, go the same thing. Crazy. Like, that was amazing. And uh, RG Snyman was the man to, to look like a bit of a mug in this one, led in a couple of tries and just looked out of, out of place in defence a couple of times to both Moonga and also to Sevi Reese as well, who scored a hat-trick himself. Although, yeah. to be fair, probably didn't have to do that much other than, I think, one where he ran in through a, near, near into a ruck. Yeah. Um, other than that, Dwayne Vermeulen was probably the only notable Dwan. one, Dwan, from the Bulls made, what did you say, seven turnovers? No, six, made six turnovers. Six. Oh, yeah, that's not that impressive, one. yeah. <laughs> no, he looked he looked very, very good. So credit, credit to him, he was probably the one the man that really stood up against the Crusaders, um, but there wasn't much else from that. Interestingly, the Crusaders ran 671 run metres to 322 for the Bulls, and they made 25 line breaks and 30 tackle busts for the Crusaders, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. Fantasy man of the match is George Bridge. 92.17 carries for over 110 metres, seven line breaks, seven tackle busts, and a try assist. You had Richie Moe on 69, Sever Reese, another big game on 68. Kieran Reid and Matt Todd on 56, Dunshear 55, Jack Goodhue 52, Dwayne Vermeulen 50. Basically, the entire Crusaders put on a massive score. That's it. I see because I thought we had to get down to at least one Bulls player, you know what I mean? So, That's uh, right. You just keep going. <laughs> but seven line breaks for George Bridge. That is insane. That's 35 points right there. Yeah, Huge. massive. Um, all right. Well, that takes us on to the, uh, those the Friday night game. So on to... Yeah, there was, that's right, the Crusaders-Bulls was Friday night in South Africa. So on Saturday, we had the Highlanders defeating the Haguarias, 32-27 at home in Dunedin, under the uh, under the roof. And um, 
was a pretty close, like pretty even affair. It was, you know, four tries to three in the end. But um, and the Highlanders had, you know, a little bit more kind of the possession and territory around about fifty five percent. But um, yeah, real real even match this one. So um, I, I listened to a lot of this one because I was working for it, and I was pretty surprised that the Haguares stuck stuck with them for so long, considering that they rested a lot of their players. Indeed. Well, getting to that, I guess they had. Um, so, in terms of returning players, they had Geronimo de la Fuente, their uh, capitan, um, who has returned from Harry has been uh, ecstatic over this forever. An, an illness in his foot. Um, basically, that's just what Google Translate uh, said on Twitter. But um, just take it as a foot injury. Yeah. Um, but you know, and um, and Liam Squire uh, finally returned for the Highlanders from a. Um, MCL and hip and I guess a myriad of other issues that just seem to have kept him out yeah. this year. So he returned from the bench, um, which was good. Um, yes, in terms of resting, we're just talking about, yeah, the Haguarias. So they've come on tour. They've got a few games away, but, um, you know, just part of their uh, kind of workload management, they have a, a rotation schedule. So um, quite a few players were either rested or benched. So... Well, they seem, we see, we're seeing the last couple of years, right? They seem to go A team for one week, then B team for the next week, A team for the, first, the third week, and B team for the fourth week. They seem to go on, off, on, off. Well, I, I swear the last couple of years, I mean, I've had Creevy in my team for a couple of years, and I swear what they do is normally if they're going away on like a three or four week tour, they would play Creevy maybe the first week or two and then send him home. No, that, that, that was two years ago, and we were calling the same thing last year, and then they did this where they went on, off, on, off. So they're, oh, okay, they're, right. they're a bit unpredictable, but they seem to roll two teams out anyway. Mm. So, yeah, the big names that were on the bench this week, Creevy, uh, Pablo Matera, and uh, Thomas Kubeli, Kubeshi. Um, nice. <laughs> they, they were all on the bench. Uh, and uh, Guido Petty was rested completely. Mm. Um, That's stuff, mate. Which Harry loved because he had zero operational locks playing for him this week. Yep. In fact, how many men did you have taken the field for this week? Uh, Twelve. That included Pablo Matera off the bench. Okay, so 11. Uh, no, okay. We'll give you the 12. <laughs> um, and just actually for the listeners, how did your fantasy round turn out? Did you... Uh... Yeah, didn't win. Didn't win. <laughs> okay, surprising. That's good. So uh... Did get a bonus point. Losing bonus point. So it wasn't all bad. So uh, number one piece of news here is uh, play 15 men where possible. Um <laughs> You know, it's a good start. Um, so, yeah, so the, the Haguaros had a few players kind of, um, you know, as we said, benched or rested. Uh, but, yeah, I'm desperately trying to remember, you know, some of the big moments in this game. But, look, I mean, the people who looked really, really good for mine was, um, and I'm going to get accused of just talking about my players here, but I'm only going to talk about Josh Uwani, one of my players. I thought he looked, he continues to impress. Um, as he just, always does. As he always does. No, he, uh, I was very disappointed, though, he... Very unselfishly uh, took. He could have just dived over the line and sort of tried himself, but he, he passed it to uh, I can't remember who it was, but to one of his teammates to uh, to give them the uh, the meat pie. It was very. It was like, come on, Josh, mate, just just score it yourself. Just hug it. Now, in terms of the Haguaris, uh Consiglieri, mate, he looks absolutely heat, and I think he's someone who's going to pop up in our dessert. Um, so stay uh, stay tuned for that as well. Um, Looking forward to that. That's yes. Um, so this game, as I said, looked pretty even. Um, Particularly pretty even at set pace. Literally, the only difference was the meters. So the Haguaros had more meters, uh, had about 100 more meters, 454 more meters, 349. Um, and just, it was just came down to the Highlanders actually scoring uh, and the Haguaros just not finishing all their opportunities. Um, the injuries in this one Tavita Lee, he has a hammy tear. 
Uh, we're not sure if he's going on tour, but we'll get to that in the main course. And Dan Leonard-Brown was pulled pre-game with a stomach bug. Yep. Um, Apparently look, very unwell. And I've been talking about this game for too long without saying anything, so let's just smash the fantasy scores. Fancy man of the match was Ramiro Moijano, 67 points. He had 11 carries for 90-odd uh, metres. A couple of line breaks, seven tackle busts. He just... He just always finds a way to get involved. I think he was pretty quiet till the second half. Liam Coltman, 65 points. Just kind of a, stuck into a bit of work all around the park. Got a uh, rolling mall try, so that helped him along. Theo Tomkinson, 63 points. He had four line breaks. Um, he was very involved and 18 tackles, so his steel shoulders were hurting a lot of people over the park. And um, Kramer, 57 points. Josh Iwani, 52. Diaz Bonisha, 45 points. That will do that one. Sweet. Chiefs versus the Sharks. Chiefs got up 29 to 23 in a very close game. Uh, the Chiefs had four tries to two as well. Returning on this one, you had Alex Nankavell coming back from his illness via the bench. You also had Mitch Carpick getting his first run of the season, I think, wasn't it? Coming back from an uh, injury. No, he's been around before uh, earlier, but. Um I mean, who cares? Let's be honest. Yeah, fair. Uh, the only injury in this one as well was Thomas the Tank Engine du Toy. Uh, leg injury, I think he, he uh, needed some assistance to get off the field. Um, I him. So I don't, I don't know who takes that spot now. I actually don't know how low they go in the, the Sharks. I'm going to have to do a bit of research into that one because obviously Beast has also gone as well. I don't mind Majola, the backup, but... Um, no, that's, that's who it'll be. That's who it'll be. He, yeah, he looked good. He did look good. Um, okay, Kerwin Bosch in this one, electric. I think his form just keeps getting better and better. He's attacking the line and hogging the ball like you want every good player to in fantasy footy. Um, set up a, a couple of line breaks. He was awesome. Really, really enjoy watching him play at the moment. As, as, as he's in your fantasy team, do you, would you rather see him be playing a 15 or a 10? Um, to be honest with you, I don't care because he slots <laughs> he slots into the line regardless. As long as I start him, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I, I think I, I looked at his stats for his first two starts at fly half last week, and they weren't as exceptional as I thought. But he was obviously very good, as I'll get to in this one. So yeah, it's, it's neither here nor there for me. Just get him on the park. It, it might not be as good for fantasy managers, but when he when he moves from ten back to full back, and Bobby Dupree comes on, God, they fucking just. Turned sour, that team. They looked awful. Bob Dupree's... I don't know why. He's just lost his mojo completely. He's doing absolutely absolutely nothing right. Hiron Andrews, uh, talking to the Sharks players, got put into a bit of space, and he ran about 40-odd metres. And he's one of those massive, lanky locks that looks a little bit awkward when he runs, but he had a bit of a turn of pace. He surprised me. Mate, high knee lift. High knee lift. Yeah, that's right. He's definitely done some running. Pumping the arms. (laughs) Yeah. Marty McKenzie's kicking game, god-awful. He's kicking at goal. He was something like 52% to start the game, and he wouldn't have been much more than 50% in this one. He is atrocious. When I first saw him kick that really speedy shotgun kick that he does, I was really enjoying just seeing something so different, but it is not effective. He needs to stop and get himself set. Absolutely. Uh, the Chiefs subs, I think, were probably the, the difference makers in this one. Alex Nankovell was awesome when he came on, made two huge line breaks and really opened the game up. Try the round was from him off the kickoff, probably. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's such a weapon. They just need to find a place for him in the team, don't they? Mm. Um, Brady Webber got another two tries. Just got a huge engine. He's just doing it through good support lines. Just pops up in all the right places. He's just fantastic to watch as well. And I, I'm, I'm sure he'd be the form three-round average uh, scrum half of the competition now as well. Man, he's so quick. How does he keep up with Alamalo? I don't... He's lightning. He's so fast. 
and from those two tries, he was our fantasy man of the match with 75 points. A couple of line breaks and 12 tackles to go with that as well. Bosch, I said, made a lot of points this time. 61 in second place for the game. 13 carries for over 110 metres, three line breaks, five tackle busts and a couple of offloads. You also had Sean Wainui on 52, Anton Leonard-Brown on 50, Marty McKenzie on 48, despite his horrendous kicking, and Ruan Botha on 46. Cool beans. All right, well, let's move on to the Lions defeating the Waratahs by one point over there in Joburg, 29-28. to Man of the match um, was Egon Seconds. Yes, I was going to say, man of the match uh, was Egon Seconds. Now, he... Um, look, I, I'm not bitter about the result or anything, uh, but I honestly don't think that guy has any idea what he's doing. He kind of just makes it up as he goes along. But um, Anyway, let's let's not talk about him. It's what he wants. You know, it's what he wants, Harry. Um, <laughs> must have been the centre of attention. Uh, returning in this one, Gianti, he returned from a concussion. Warren Whiteley um, from a knee injury. Was Warren Whiteley back last week or did he take... No, no, this is, no, no, no they, he wasn't back last week. This this was the first week he was back. Okay, Wiley back. Dylan Smith back from his fractured cheek, so he returned from the bench, and God, he looked good when he got on. Uh, oh, yeah. Chitooka came back from an ankle injury. He started in the seven jersey. Michael Wells for the Waratahs back um, from a hammy tear, and he started at number eight. And Tolu Latu uh, was back off the bench. Um, this game, right. Yeah. I don't want to talk more about Egon Seconds, but um, look, it was certainly a close game. It really went down to the wire. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what were, the, what were the big points. I mean, in terms of players that really excited me, Harold DeVorster, he's a player who I've always thought uh, could be really good, um, but he just never seems to play well. But this I... is probably one of the best games he's ever played. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He looked really, really good. And a couple of years ago, he was very good for fantasy. He's one of those guys that we both, I'm sure, had our eyes on season after season. But he just struggles to get consistent good scores and show his form. He was he was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, now, but talking about this game, uh, the possession and territory, it was um, in the favour of the Lions, so 62 to 38%. Most of the stats went their ways. You know, they had about 50 more carries, 155 to 105 523 to 429 run meters. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, you ultimately they won because they had the ball and territory, and um, that's just proved the theorem. But they, they went for try for try. It was literally the whole game. It was the Lions would score, then the Tars, and the Lions and the Tars. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, Rob Simmons scored a bloody try. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, um, and it looked good too. I don't know where it came from. Captain look, Mud. It's the fastest I've ever seen the man move, but um, you know maybe he was trying to uh, find another contract. He's, maybe his contract's up for renewal or something, you know. But um, anyway, um, penalty count two to eleven, so eleven penalties for the Tars. Um, feel like the Lions kind of got away with a few things, um, but again, let's not talk more about Egon Seconds. Mate, the blokes, the blokes got a, a, a torn shoulder like Rattatica for sure. I'm looking at the stats from the two games he's, he's refereed against the Lions. He gave away 20 penalties against the Rebels and one to the Lions, and he gave 11 penalties away to the Tars and two to the Lions. Three penalties in 160 minutes. He's got a shoulder injury, I'm telling you. The poor guy. <laughs> the arm doesn't go up that way. <laughs> That's it, mate. He's, uh, it's like it's his best side. He doesn't want to, doesn't want to be seen on the camera with his, uh, his arm going up. That's it. Um, 
Yeah, okay. And then in terms of, uh, well, before I get to fantasy, I'll just say KB, Curly Beal. So he was the standout for the Waratahs. I talked about Vorster for the Lions. KB at fullback for the Tars. God, he looks comfortable there. He's, Hitting the line at pace. I think his three-round average is up near the six, up near 60 now. He's just been absolutely lighting it up. So I regret trading him to you, Harry. But, um, <laughs> such was the position I was in. Um, all right, fantasy points for this one. Giatti was our man of the match, 79 points. He was electric. 15 carries for over 100 metres. Loads of, uh, you know, a couple of line breaks and tackle busts. Vorster, as we said, 75 points, 12 carries, three line breaks, seven tackle busts. He was involved. Michael Hooper, he was really getting stuck in. He wasn't, normally he gets through heaps of tackles, but he's actually making a lot of carries, three line breaks in this one. Stepan Levis, 62 points. He had a big one. Sakobi Kepu, he has a big one every now and then, you know, uh, 60 points for him, 14 tackles. KB, 59 points, and Malcolm Marks, 58, as you'd expect. Uh, Kirtley Beal, 55, three-round average for the record. 55, okay. That's me 60, man. I was, I was on. I was on. You were yeah. close, yeah. Good, good <laughs> shit. All right, let's kick on. Brumbies, Samuels. Brumbies got up a close, hard-fought battle, 33-0. to zero. Five tries to none. And the Samuels, I'm pretty sure, have started their holiday very early. I am very worried about their 2020 season. They just wanted to make sure that we knew that uh, it's definitely the Sun Wolves now. It's not the Sun Chiefs, the Sun anything else. No. It's the Sun Wolves. They've that, firmly They've stayed reclaimed. their claim. Yeah. Absolutely. All the Moon Dogs, I think they're back to that level. Yeah. Uh, returning, you had Tavita Kurundrani coming back from a slight knee injury and definitely not a rest. Uh, <laughs> see Kagi's conspiracy theory from last week's pod. Okay. You got Dan Pryor came back from a foot injury as well, and for new injuries you had Rayohei Yamanaka. Sorry if I got that name wrong. He was knocked out and robbed by Tom Banks. So Tom Banks's uh, knee went straight into Yamanaka's head as he fell, and then when he was out cold, Tom Banks robbed him, stole the ball, and ran off for a line break. So mm. brutal stuff from the the Brumbies fullback. Mate, it's a win-at-all-cost type of mentality, right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. And I think that's the first tackle he's made all season as well, for the side note. <laughs> Grant Hadding also, I th- we think he injured a knee. We're not, we're not exactly sure what it was, but he limped off looking sore as well. So that that did not look too good for him. No. Uh, Brumby's really, really dominant set piece, as we expected. They got a scrum penalty almost every time they fed the ball. Whereas, I guess, defensively, the Summers did pretty well when they, they were feeding it. They did get it in and out pretty quickly, and I think they only considered one scrum penalty on their, their feeds. Um, the thing that really stood out was, despite the fact that Brumby's line-out looked completely effortless, the Summers defended the rolling more really well. They had, you know, we, we were calling how many tries for, for Laufenga. Um, disappointing to see they took him off after 50 minutes, which was always a risk. I was pretty nervous from half-time where, how long he was going to last. But um, they had three cracks at the line and scored none. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, I mean, if you were the Sunwolves, they were up in the Gold Coast for a training camp all week. If you watched last week's game, all you would have done the entire week was practice defending rolling malts. That's literally what they did. That's true. That's true. Um, they did score a couple of long-range tries, though, especially down that right wing. Um, Tom Banks looked really good in attack, but Henry Spade, I thought it was his best game of the year. We talked absolute rubbish about him pre-game. I was listening to our pod from last week about this game this morning, and, man, we got everything wrong on the preview on this one. We were so bad. Everyone that we put shit on had a great game. Mate, Nelson's not here. Just blame him. Nelson got everything wrong. 
<laughs> That's right, yeah, Nelson, sorry. Not us, we're great. Um, he made 99 run metres, two tries in the first half alone, and then he made another big line break and a try assist in the second half. It was really good seeing him running in space, and Kudandrani ran with him, looked very good as well. Yeah, the flying Fijians back. Summers did get to have a good crack at the line a few times in that second half, but the Brumbies defence was just too good. They uh, they look like they're really, really starting something pretty solid there, the Brumbies at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last game point, I think Tom Banks' kick for touch from penalties was fantastic. At one point, oh. he got a five-meter scrum from something like 60 meters out to try and give the Brummies that rolling mall opportunity. Yeah, mate, I'd like, almost need him in the Wallabies just to do that. Yes, you know, I'd put him on a wing, you know, <laughs> instead of, uh, the, you know, put him on left wing. Why not? Um, Henry Spate, fantasy man of the match, 72 points, four line breaks, three tackle busts, two tries, and 120 run metres in the end. Then you had Pete Samu on 61, Tavita Kurundrani, 56, Thomas take it to the banks, 51. Same with Josh Timu, 51 points, the ex-Kiwi player, and Shota Horier, 48 points as well. And this is a bit of a litmus test just to see uh, who in our league is listening to the pod, but... Um... Henry Spade is currently unowned in our league, so if, if he's unowned in any of your leagues, um, he could be worth a pick-up. I know this is one game, but the Brumbies play the Sunwolves again in two weeks just because apparently that's how the schedule works. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> I was going to say, but I don't know if I'd be picking him up. That's a very good point. Hmm. Um, they have a pretty good uh, strength of draw on the way home, actually. So The best. They have the best up. draw, yeah. The Reds, I think they play as well, maybe the Tars. Yeah, you know, easy. Knock, knock over teams, easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that will do our uh, entree, the preview, the review, rather, and let's get stuck straight into the main course. Um, the buy in round fourteen. It's going to be round fourteen next week. Uh, the buys will be to the Brumbies, Sharks, and Sunwolves. So back to a three-team buy this week. Um, and the first game of the round is going to be the Hurricanes taking on the Haguares uh, in Wellington. Um, I think this one, oh, I guess first let's talk about injured players. Fraser Armstrong, his concussion, James Blackwell, the may or may not have happened shoulder injury, so we'll have to see with that. Um, and there's no real players, there's no players, I guess, new, returning from injury in a sense, but um, as we talked about before with the Haguares, uh, the rotation policy, so um, fronting up against the Hurricanes, who I guess are probably, you'd have to say, probably the second best team in the competition. You think that's fair, Harry? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, definitely. Mm. I think he, I think we might see the Hagaros put all their, uh, their best cattle back in the starting lineup. So, Creevy, Guido Petty, Pablo Matera, Thomas Cubelli, um, you know, all those boys will be rotated back into the side. Um, and the Hurricanes, I mean, look, I think I think they'll roll out a pretty similar team. Um, surely, other... surely the Hagaros will rest any of the big names that they didn't rest this week. You think so? Yeah, man, I reckon they're going to roll out two different teams. Okay, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, no, it wouldn't be surprised if they did. And uh, look, you never know with them. But um, I think, I think, they'll, I reckon they'll be looking to field their strongest team. I think they'll be treating as if they're playing the Crusaders. You know what I mean? Like, you don't leave anyone at home for this one. I don't, I don't know why you try to take on the Highlanders that, that same way as well. But um, alas, they did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Hurricanes. All right, so. I think it'll be a pretty similar team. I think uh, Chase TT manages, I think he's, he's, you'll find him on the bench again. So if you're holding him, um, it might be the week he has to get rid of him. Um, who knows? Um, yeah. I think, uh, look, I mean, yeah, Ben Lamb, Jordy 
Narrowed back at 15 has been incredible, and Wes Goosen has just been um, he's, he's been killing on that right wing. So can't really see them doing anything different. Um, in terms of up front, the forwards. So uh, Dane Coles, the enigma that is Dane Coles. Will he be back? Who knows? I would um, say no. <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm just going to go with no, because uh, if he is back for some random reason, I'll be super stoked then. But um, I tend to just prefer to not be disappointed now and just assume he's not there. So if he's not, the question is then, do we see Asafo Amua start again? He's um, he's just been given three starts in a row. Um, or do we see Ricky Riccatelli back in the saddle? Um, I think uh, Amua has been great around the park. Uh, I, oh, look, I think Amua was definitely better than Riccatelli around the park. Uh, you know, his running game is insane. Um, he can make some big hits and whatnot, but uh, his line-out has really needed some work, though. Um, and whilst I think he's probably solid in the scrum, the Hurricanes need every inch they can get in that scrum um, this year. So, I don't know. I think I think we might see Riccatelli rotated back in because I think they won't want to just kind of... Yeah, they won't uh, let him go too stale. He's obviously their second choice. I, I know that there's a lot of a lot of raps on Amua, but, I mean, there's no doubt Riccatelli is above him at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, Riccatelli killed it for them all last year um, with the absence of Dan Coles. But um, obviously, if it was up to me, we'd see Asafa Amu every week. But, uh, you know, anyway, so I'm just saying for managers who have had the blessing of Amu the last couple of weeks, although he didn't score too well this week, um, right, it could be Riccatelli back in. Uh, if James Blackwell's not fit, uh, Liam Mitchell, I think, is fit. Um, he just wasn't picked last week. So I think it'll be Liam Mitchell injected straight in, kind of a like-for-like replacement. The, the workmen type of uh, of lock, if you will. Well, we thought, um, he, we thought he he was gone for all money, didn't we? Uh, injury, or...? Yeah, Liam Mitchell. Liam Mitchell's gone with an injury? I thought so, yeah, yeah. It looks like he might have broken his hand in round 12. That's right, it did look like he almost broke his hand. Okay, well, um, scrap that. And uh, <laughs> basically, all you need to know is that, like me, if you own uh, Isaiah Walker, Leo Wary, he's probably going to be playing. Um, Absolutely. Because, um, then nobody else. <laughs> that's it. Uh, and there's Kane Lalpepe, who's uh, obviously another youngster. Um, He's good, and, and he is good as well. So, yeah, who knows? I think you'll definitely see Walker Leawery and um, a big wrap some in the last couple of weeks, and uh, possibly Kane Lalpepe then starting if there's no Mitchell or Blackwell. Um, and look, I'll tear this one up for you, Harry. Um, you enjoy saying it every week, Gareth Evans. Uh, yeah, man, he won't be back. <laughs> never <laughs> yeah, again. Never know. again. No, never again. The streak is over. All right, um, I'm cutting you off. Let's no, go. Let me, just let me finish super quick. I was just going to say, hug your eyes to attack the Canes at set piece on this one. Hurricanes have lost twice the lineouts this season, 30 um, and the Hug your eyes 14. Uh, and the Hags actually lost more scrums this season, but that's mainly because they play the South African team. So I think the Hurricanes scrum has been pretty rubbish. I think they'll really just go after them at set piece. Yep. Yeah, fair and enough. I'm done. Sorry. All right, Blues versus the Chiefs. Injuries, we said Plummer had a concussion, Sam knocked hurt his hand, and Goodhue had a concussion as well. Uh, returning, we think, although we haven't heard a confirmation yet, that Lachlan Beauchere will be back from his back injury, Michael Allardyce from his knee injury, and Big Sauce uh, had a rest as well uh, last week, so he should be back. 
Jonathan Maru hasn't played in the last two games. The uh, the Blues' first choice number nine. Last one he started was actually round ten because they had a buy in round eleven as well. So this Sam knock injury makes me think that Augustine Pulu should finally get another start. He's obviously an absolute points machine and someone that I would be picking up as soon as possible in the uh, draft with your free agent picks or trade nights or however you do it. Uh, add to that, Terry Black should be back at 5'8", and he does not run the ball ever. So it should mean that it frees up Pulu to do a little bit more of it as well. Oh, he's running all day. Oh, yeah. All day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Blues' lock rotation is a bit of anyone's guess. I think Patrick Tupelotu should hold down one spot now, considering he got rested back in round 12. And that he's the captain. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to stop them. Uh, Josh Goodhue was concussed, so I'm assuming, considering they've got Gerard, Kelly, Tuioti, and Scott Scrafton there, they'll probably just put one of them in. Kelly Tuioti is probably their 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 next top lock, and but Scrafton was just so good off the bench. I think maybe he gets an opportunity as well, but you, you're just gonna have to sit there and watch it, wouldn't you? you? You can't really jump on either of them at the moment. Um, I was looking up the under-20s tournament for Ateni Nanai, Saturo, uh, and Billy Proctor from the Hurricanes in the same breadth. Um, they, the, the actual tournament doesn't start until round 17, so they're definitely gone for that. But apparently they're meant to meet later this month. So to me, that means they're going to disappear either around 15 or 16, but you'd assume that they should at least get another game in them. So worth trying to trade Ateni Nanai, Saturo, especially this week, I reckon. Um, yeah. while he's still playing and see what you can get for him. They pulled him from the um, Oceana under-20s competition to play for the Chiefs because uh, they've <clears throat> been decimated by injuries, but um, he, he won't be missing the under-20 World Cup, that's for sure. No, no way. They want to win it. And they haven't been good. They haven't done well the last few years as well, so I think they need to come, they need to come good. They'll be focused on that. Um, I reckon Dalton Papali'i, who is finally finding some form, not porn, um, <laughs> will probably end up back on the bench for Big Source. Craig, do you see it going any other way? No, that's, yep. Should be, it should be Blake Gibson, but it won't be. Um, and then, look, there was an article that came out today as well that they said New Zealand props have been put on notice to improve their work rate, getting off the floor and getting back into the defensive line. So I think knowing that, it will be quite interesting to see if the the guys like Carl and Offer can actually up their work rate and make a few more tackles and bag a few more fantasy points. So I guess if you're, if you're looking for someone to hold, maybe they're worth it because they've really got to prove themselves now. Offer made like a good, I don't know, 11 or runs. carries last week, yeah. Yeah, 11 runs. I think it was like four or five tackles, and Carl okay. made one, so he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> um, Michael Allardyce, Lachlan Boucher back in, should push Tyler Rajon back to number eight to restore that loose forward trio that they had a couple of weeks ago with Luke Jacobson. That just looked absolutely menacing. So really looking forward to for them to have that back because I think that's probably the key to them taking the Blues on this week. I'm a bit worried with Arjun because he's played every minute this season. <laughs> yeah, but, mate, they don't care. He plays for Canada. They couldn't care less. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, please keep playing. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Angus Tarvau, this should be his 100th game from memory. So surely he gets a start. So Atumoli probably going to get benched. And he normally scores some good points when he's on the field as well. So he could be a good pickup for a one-weeker. Excellent. I see you just breezed over Akira back in form. Uh, yes, he is. Akira back in form. So uh, <laughs> let's go, Akira, you No time for um, that. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, Rebels and the Bulls in Melbourne. So this game will be... Um, 
literally, it's just going to come down to uh, the Crusaders laid it out how you beat the Bulls. Just don't let them get settled and play their game plan. Uh, we know the, the Rebels and the Bulls have two very different styles of play. So it's literally just going to be about who can impose their game plan first. The Bulls slowing it down, imposing their physicality, just being absolutely like a nuisance at the come ruck time, um, getting lots of turnovers, and the Rebels just trying to speed up the game, get it wide, run these big boys around, get them tired. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, in terms of injuries, uh, or coming back from injuries, Warwick Chalant coming back from tonsillitis, kept him out last week. Wade Cooper, possibly, is going through his return to play uh, protocols this week. I think, was, what was the Rebels game? Was that Saturday night? Uh, yes. Because if, well, well, is it a Friday night game this week? I'm just trying to work out the turnaround because that makes a big difference to your concussion protocols. They played Friday night and they played Friday again. So it's a seven-day turnaround. So it's not too bad coming back from concussion, but there's not a lot of room to move there. If he fails a single step, he won't be playing. Yeah, and it was certainly a big concussion on Quake Cooper, as we spoke about. That was that knee from Sam Ukarebi, So it, it was bad enough that they called Matt Timur back immediately. That's it, mate. You stole my segue, sponsored Ooh, my segue. Sorry, um, sorry mate. <laughs> ERB shouted again. But uh, no, um, if Quaid is not back from concussion, Matty Tamua, Wallaby Matt Tamua, has uh, returned to Australia a week early um, from his uh, club, the Leicester Tigers, over in the UK. Um, they've, he, they wanted to get him a few weeks earlier, about a month ago, but uh, the Tigers said no even though they're having an absolutely shitty season. But, um, yeah, but that, that, that was why. They didn't want to get relegated. That's it. So they're now, uh, I think they've only got one or two games left, and basically it's impossible for them to get relegated. I think they're 10 points from... Uh, one game left, yeah. One game left, yeah. So so they've now agreed. Matty Timur is playing back home, and uh, they had a plan originally for him to be ready to go, uh, I guess, on tour with the Rebels, but they were going to then be ready for the Waratahs next week. But who knows? He might, might even just get thrown straight into the thick of it this week. Um, I thought, you know, maybe off the bench, but Harry but Harry was suggesting um, if there's no Quaid, uh, maybe they just chuck him straight in. Yeah, like like I said to you, I, I, it probably depends on how well he can, how quickly he can pick up their shapes, their, you know, their, their uh, game Structures. plan structures. Yeah. yeah. So otherwise, it'll be Reese Hodge into ten. Uh, I'm not sure. basically. I wouldn't think that will bode too well for him in terms of fantasy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he did quite well last week, but uh, I don't think, I think there's zero chance they chuck Taylor Adams in there, that youngster kind of backup ten for a um, for a start, but. Yeah, in terms of uh, Rebels' back line, it makes it 12. Um, Hodge at 13 if he's not playing 10. If he's playing 10, English at 13. Otherwise, English off the bench for Mike. So English is returning from a calf nickel. Um, and look, what the points in this game? I guess it's going to be a really good battle come line-out time. So even though they got a little bit dominated last week by the Reds, um, they've typically been very, very good. Um and, yeah, it's literally, as I said, it's just about who can impose their game plan. Can the Bulls slow everything down or can the Rebels speed it up? Um, that's what's going to happen. Who, who do you, how do you see this playing out, Harry? Uh, look, the South African sides are so up and down, it's really hard to pick. If, if the Bulls are on form, they'll give this a red-hot crack. But my gut feeling is the Rebels are, are, to me, despite how up and down they've been, a real chance to make the semi-finals this year. And I just don't know that the Bulls I rate as highly. So for that reason alone, I, I reckon they'll probably manage to get it over them. They've got a little bit more flair and attack, in my opinion. And so long as they don't give away too many penalties for Andre Pollard just to belt them downfield and kick over their points, I think they'll go pretty well. 
Yeah, no, I'm going to say, basically, if the Rebels start well, they start fast, then they've got it. But uh, unlike against the Hurricanes, when they could come back in the second half, um, I think if they start poorly, if the Bulls put away a couple of penalty goals in the first half or whatever, then uh, well, they might not be able to come back and get it done. The Rebels are one of the most penalised teams in the comp, so I, I guess that will be a really telling stat. Mm, absolutely. Kicking on. Waratahs yes. versus the Waratahs. That's it. Rather, the Reds versus the Waratahs. Uh, injuries for this one, you had Hamish Stewart uh, with his shoulder injury. And on the flip side, returning, Lukan Salakailoto had a rest last week, so he should slot back, I assume, into the second row, given there's no, no Harry Hoopert, but Angus Blythe was solid enough last week as well, having said that. Was um, he on the bench or did he have a rest? Uh, rest. Okay. Pretty sure, didn't he? I'm not sure, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up while you keep going. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, Jetty Holloway had a, I think it was a three-week ban for elbowing Thomas the Tank Engine Dutoit back in Sydney. So he should be back this week, I believe. And then we haven't got confirmation, but the guys that we, we think may be back around as well, we got Jack Dempsey from his back, Rory O'Connor from his rib injury. And uh, so both of those guys could be back. And we haven't heard anything on Filippo, Filippo Dalgunu from his fractured arm, but I think this would be six weeks this week. Uh, if if uh, he made his comeback, and that's a pretty standard time for uh, a fractured in, in, in the forearm, so he may or may not be back around as well. And I know Jock Campbell's been good, but God, they could use Dalkuno. He, he's, um, he's been real good. But uh, yeah, just well, to confirm, uh, Salakai Loto was on the bench, so it wasn't rested, but just right. kind of I rotated. Guess, semi-rested, rotated. Yeah. Yep. Jock Campbell, speaking of him, he has scores of 72 weeks ago and 24 this week. Not as solid this week, but he just looks like a quality player in space. He's just hungry. He's energetic. Probably doesn't have the acceleration that he absolutely needs, but he managed to run run someone down and make a try saver on the weekend as well. I quite like the look of him. I, th- I think he could actually get a fair few points against a team like the Tars that do want to play such a frantic open style. Yeah. Isaac Lucas should get the nod at 10 with... Uh, with oh, no, that, I'll take that back. Should get the the nod at fifteen with Hamish Stewart out. Sorry, um, and and as I talked about him in the in the review, he looks really quality and he scores a lot of fantasy points when he's on the field as well. So he's another guy that would be a very good pickup. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the Waratahs really found their game plan over in South Africa. They tried to they they've had to try and rework how they play without Izzy Folau, without some of their big forwards, and they were pretty unlucky not to get a win in either of those games. So I'm expecting them to play that same frantic game against the Reds. And if it comes off, you got to think their outside backs can start to cash in. Curtly Beal again, uh, even Cameron. Uh, uh, Clark, sorry. Yeah, he's, he's looked good, Ken Clark. Yeah, so uh, the, both of those guys, I think, are probably up for some points if, if, they, if they get a little bit of space. And on the outside backs, Curtis Rona seems to be a bit of an enigma this year. Um, when he gets a start, he looks really good, but I just can't work out why he doesn't get more time. I know that they had AAC at outside centre, and that was probably why he got shifted out from the starting jersey there. But AAC has not done that much in attack. They got Fakedi around, who was solid. But realistically, he's one of their best backs in 2018. I just can't see why he's not getting a run. Yeah, absolutely. He's a fantasy gun. Exactly right. He was so good last year. Um, the Reds game, as per always, is going to be Samu Karevi for 20 runs a game. So I, I think that 
actually probably won't work that well with Carmichael Hunt and probably Adam Ashley Cooper there. They're just so solid solid defensively, and I'm looking forward to a few big hits between Carmichael Hunt and Samu Karibi as well. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, the Waratah scrum's been pus. Harry Johnson Holmes. Really thought you were going to say HJH there, but don't worry, it's right. <laughs> this is what happens when we're not together. Um, the, he's been subbed early for the last two weeks because of the fact that the scrum's going backwards, and I'm expecting more of the same from a pretty strong Reds pack, especially with JP Smith in there now anchoring down one side. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Trump Robertson got a start and played 45 minutes and then came off as well. I'm really hoping he does because uh, I've got Alan Alto with a bye this week, so let's go Tommy Robertson. Yeah, I, look, I think it's a good chance, but he's not going to get a lot of minutes. I, I don't think he'll be as good as last year because HAH has emerged so so has come so far from last year. Yeah, absolutely, yes, yeah. Yeah, all right. Excellent, is that that one? Yep. Cool. All right, well, that takes us on to the Lions and Highlanders. So the Highlanders heading off on tour um, and playing the Lions first up in Joburg. So straight away with injuries or players that aren't heading on tour, Liam Squire, he... Um, well, he's, he's not heading for the first week of tour, at least. He's on tour, at least. He's on um, personal leave for some family issues. Uh, Tavita Lee with his hamstring niggle. Harry, were you just saying he wasn't named? I was saying he might be, but he's not named in the tour, tour squad, was that? Yeah, he was going to be assessed on, on Monday, so this morning, and then they were going to decide if they were going to take him on tour. But he, his name wasn't in that tour squad, which was you know buried in some article. So I don't know if that was an official squad or not, but it doesn't look like he's going to be going. Excellent, but um, look, who cares about Tavita Lee? It's time for the I return <laughs> of Waisaki Naholo. Wrong wing, you fresher. I know, but like, you know, fuck wings, they're interchangeable, mate. Okay, look, they're not important anyway. Um, no, for fantasy managers, you know. Um, sure. No, <laughs> no Waisaki returning, um, I think he's been out for about six, around six weeks. Yeah. Probably more, um, with an MCL um, injury. So he's back. Um I don't know. I'm excited just because he's in my team. But uh, look, he's to, to be honest, he's been poo so far this year. I think he's he's played four games. He's only played four games, and he's got a total of 45 fantasy points. So I was um, going to say, do you know his average? Because it must be <laughs> atrocious. It's it's 11.3. Wow. No, get excited. <laughs> get excited. Yeah. His last game, he had minus 19 points. Anyway, moving on. Um, also returning, Dan Leonard Brown. So he was pulled with uh, pregame with a stomach bug. Hey, Walden. I don't know, but. Was he in that tour squad? Do you remember, Harry? Yeah, he was. He was, okay. Kai, and uh, for the Lions, Kyle Brink should or could be back from his knee injury. So, yes, um, already talked about Waiseki. Um, hopefully, the big man gets it going again. I mean, he obviously, he's now signed overseas, um, but the next year, but um, desperately wants to make it back in that all-back squad. He's going to have to impress to do that. Um other Highlander selection stuff. Can we see Shannon Frizzell back in action, please? Uh, I mean, just give the people what they want. Frizzell to six, Whitelock back to eight. I know Elliot Dixon's been good, but... No, um, it'll, it'll happen, mate. That was an all-backs rest week again. So he's rested up. They, uh, they're they expecting that. So obviously they think he's going to be in the mix again this year. He'll be back starting this week. Excellent. So Dixon, get back to the bench where you belong, mate. Um, and yes, Dylan Smith... Uh, your pickup of the probably one of your pickups of the year, um, Lions prop Dylan Smith. He's been absolutely killing it, um, but he's been away for about six weeks with a fractured cheek. So he um, will be back and it'll be a huge addition. He kind of just really boosts that scrum and uh, he makes a lot of carries and tackles, just gets through a lot of work. I think I don't have his average on hand, but um, he was quite he was up there with me to top three props. Um, 
Yeah. Before he when he, when he started, I think he was top two. I think it was him and HJH right at the top. Um, but uh, I think that injury kind of knocked him down a few pegs. But, yeah, he's a weapon. I'm pretty happy to have picked him up again, actually. Absolutely. So he came up off the bench and he outscored both the starting props last week. Um, I expect to see him back starting. Um, I would say as well, if Brink's fit, they probably will chuck him back in there. Shit, uh, shit took, uh, had He did all right. Um, but, uh, look, he's a, he's a 20-year-old. He's a youngster. I think they're going to want to go back to their set kind of back, back row of uh, Quagga, Brink and Whiteley just to kind of firm things up. And, um, and yeah, look, Harry and I desperately want to see some more of Wondersile Similani. But um, I don't know how likely that is, uh, particularly given Horster and Mapu played pretty bloody well last week, mainly Horster, but um, I don't know. They probably won't want to unsettle too much of how they went last week. Um, I, I still stand by the fact that he's not playing the, the Challenge Cup, so he must be the Super Sport Challenge, sorry. So he, he must be injured. You reckon? You reckon he's injured? Yeah, well, okay. Why wouldn't he be in the second team otherwise? He's just too good to play second grade, mate. You know? um, no, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, we'll have to. I'm sure you've been hounding everywhere, and uh, if there's any updates, it'll be in the casualty ward. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think the theme would be pretty similar. Tyrone Green on the bench to come and fill in to super sub, um, cover a lot of positions. Yep. And um, yeah, I don't know what to think of this one. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to go the Highlanders anyway, just because they're in form. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think the lines are that great. Depends if Egon Seconds is going to be refereeing. <laughs> yeah, huge factor. <laughs> yeah, that'll basically be me deciding if I want Highlanders players or not this week. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, Stormers versus the Crusaders. So injured on this one, you had Joe Moody obviously last week with that leg injury. So I, I'm not sure. I think uh, Nelson had done some look, research into this. Obviously, Harry Allen, the 22-year-old, is probably the most likely to come in for him. But you've also got, I'm going to butcher this one, Esieli Tui Ungufasi, which is uh, Offa's younger brother. He's actually 24 years old, so a little bit older, but obviously not getting the game time over Harry as much. But I can I, confirm you butchered that, yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was all right. <laughs> what is it, mate? Fill me in here. Help me out. No, no, I'm not prepared to say it. I just want to say it. I just spectate from afar. I don't get involved. Okay, right. good, good, good. Good form. Uh, <laughs> so Sam Whitelock should be back on this one. He's obviously had a rest week, and then he's had a, a, a baby. Um, so he's, he's meant to be back in the mix. See, oh, is he a big baby? It was one of the two. I don't know. You had to <laughs> quiz Nabung the Super Sub again. See, Khaleesi and friends Mal Herbert uh, both got rested before their round 12, 12 by, so they'll be due back. And Peter Steph Dutoy, we think, should be back from a shoulder injury. But again, it's, it's another one of those ones that actually hasn't been 100% confirmed. So just tread a little bit cautiously. Um, we, I don't know, do you, do you think Sevier Reese has locked down his wing spot? I, I guess they're probably not in the, they've got too much depth to think both George Bridge and Sevier Reese can lock down wing spots for every game of the year. I don't know. So, so, I, would, well, I, think, I think he kind of will just um, being like on tour. You know, they don't have that many, you don't take that many extras with you. So um, Well, they've got Enel. Yeah, I know, but the fact that Enel can cover multiple things kind of just makes him the perfect benchy. They don't have Will Jordan. And it just is the perfect 23, man, because he could come on and play kind of center. Cool. Cool. So I, I can't really see that changing, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I would think David Heavily unlikely to have a rest. He, he had a rest in round 12, so they're not going to do it. He's, he's probably due another one, but it's not going to happen like that. Yeah. No, well, maybe when he gets back from tour and Will Jordan will get another go if he's um, back fit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the team that scores the most points. 
the Crusaders, if you weren't sure who I meant, versus the team that scores the least points, the Stormers. So with Richie Moe playing, no defense has gone anywhere near containing the Crusaders. So I'm thinking lots to the Crusaders, not many to the Stormers, because the Crusaders also have... Is it the best defense in the comp? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so I I'd just so. I just don't see how this can be anything other than a landslide victory to the Crusaders again. I, I can't see it happening. The defensive fortress that once was Newlands is no more, pretty much. Yeah. No. Obviously, the Stormers' biggest strength is their tight five, so I, I could see the, scrum, the Crusaders' scrum getting pushed around a little bit without Joe Moody. Uh, Harry Allen just doesn't seem to have the same kind of impact. But even then, I, I don't know that it'll be that much. Mikey Alatoa and uh, Cody Taylor are both excellent. Um, and I just I, wanted to say the, uh, the line-outs. So the, um, the Bulls did pinch, I think, three line-outs from the Crusaders last week, so they did give them a bit of trouble there, and actually... Crusaders barely got up to challenge because um, the Bulls just threw it to R.G. Snyman every bloody line out, and he's just too massive. They just couldn't actually. Yeah, but him. you're forgetting they've got Sam Whitelock coming back in, who's the best yeah. defensive lock going around and has been for many years. No, true. Okay, well, that will, that will make one hell of a difference, absolutely. But yeah. um, And Fetu yeah. Douglas is the other guy that could come back in. He's obviously, I, I believe he's got a bit of height over Jordan Tafua, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He does. He definitely does, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they could put a lot of height into their lineup to try and battle that as well. Sure. Um, basically, for this one, hide away all your Stormers players because the Crusaders matchup is where any fantasy player scores goes to die. So you do not want anything anywhere near it. So I'm going to be benching all my Stormers this week. Um, and then the last one I had here, which is completely uh, misplaced, is the loose forwards for the Stormers. I'm thinking Khaleesi back, Kebes Vise or Jacobus van Dijk will probably be in the seven jersey, which is their loose flank, uh, sorry, t- uh, blindside flanker. And yeah, right. yeah, I know, thanks. And Sikambozo Notche should get the starting eight jersey back. So I, I don't know, I think Vise to the bench and van Dijk to seven. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Sorry, you just said Vise to the bench, is that what you said? Yes. I actually. I, I really liked Visa starting seven, but um, no, I think you're right. I think we'll see the bench for his versatility. Yeah, well, he's been good. I mean, he's starting to show the form that we thought he had. Mm. Absolutely. Right. All right, well, I'm pretty uh, pretty full of my main course. It, it could be time for... What you gonna, what you gonna do with that dessert? Oh, smooth. So smooth. <laughs> We literally have no more time for any more of that. Yeah, true. I did, I, you got me with the pause. I, I spoke through your dramatic pause. I'm sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, milked it. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, yeah, look, as we said, dessert last week, workmen. This week, rocks or diamonds. My type of players, people. It's hit or miss. Your players that excite you. The guys that are going to get 100 one week have nothing the next week. That's what it's about. <laughs> so should we explain this properly? Look, basically, I, had, I always have a rocks or diamonds team. And uh, last year, it put me in top of the ladder. This year, not so much. But we're, we're still coming good, all right? Um, yeah, Harry, why don't you break it down, what we're, what we're yep. actually talking about? So basically, the Rocks or Diamonds player is the guy that if he gets some ball, he's more than likely going to put a cricket score on for your fantasy points. 
But if he doesn't get any ball, he's not going to do anything defensively. He doesn't do the work, so he's probably not going to score much of anything. So we look at run meters, tackle busts, offloads, line breaks, and tries, and we look at how many runs they make so we can work out how many fantasy points they get per run. So we're going to run you through some of those highlights and try and pick out any of the interesting stats. Yes, excellent. Um, All right, we'll get straight into it. So... What we've done is we've kind of looked at the players' stats over the season, so their carries, line breaks, tackle busts, meters, and tries, and we've kind of added them up to give them a score, fantasy score per carry. So, top of the log, who would you expect, Harry? Well, well, we talked about this before. The top two are guys that have made a total of one or two (laughs) runs, so... Uh, Excluding them, excluding them, uh, I would say it would be none other than Sevu Reese, right? Correct, it is. So, Sevu Reese has a average of uh, 5.39 fantasy points per carry. Um, mm, and that is it? what we're talking about. That is, that's some good returns. Good ROIs right there. Um, for some more, I guess, a more detailed breakdown of that. So, what else does he do? Um, in terms of run meters, um, so per carry, Sevu Reese is making 8.9 run meters per carry. Insane. He's making about almost half. Like he's got a fifty percent chance to make a tackle bust every um, every carry. The the funny thing, the thing that stands out for me here is that we always talk about that magic number of ten meters per carry for a really good game. Mm-hmm. No one other than Liam Polwart average over ten meters a run. Liam Polwart. Yeah, that's uh, that's who I would have. That was who I had my money on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just so dynamic. <laughs> Now, we'll, let's, while we're on that, let's stay on that. Then. Um, other players up there, Kerwin Bosch, so definitely someone you can expect. I think we're going to see less of it at uh, fly half as opposed to fullback. He, he had a lot of running in at fullback, but uh, 9.6, so pretty much the 10 metres per carry. Uh, Dow Gunu, a player we talked about, interesting to see if he comes back. He, again, nine, almost 9.56, so almost 10, 10 metres a carry. Um, who else have we got up there that's interesting? Um, George Bridge, not far behind... Uh, Seven reefs, so 8.56 run metres per carry. Well, I thought Sebastian Conciliere was pretty interesting as well. He's right up there as well, isn't he? He is, he is at 7.85, so that is definitely pretty high, so almost 8 metres per carry. Um, where's my boy? Willie Jordan, 7.7 metres per carry. I'm just thinking of names you'd expect. Yeah. Can't believe it, but uh, you know we've talked enough trash about him anyway. Samisi Masarewa, he's up, he's up there at eight point two, so eight he's metres. Scored okay. so many fifty metre tries, runaways, mate. Mm. So no, surprising. Yeah, let, no, we should move on from that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just keep reading that. Yeah, that's right. Let, let's let's go back to the the total points per minute. So we said Severus is number one, number two, and three are two Bulls players. I can't honestly say <laughs> I expected that. No, neither can I. Oh, look. I can kind of expect it from Speckman in a limited... Sorry, I've, I've just thrown... I've, 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 uh, you have, third place. Surprise, third place, uh, Ro- Roscoe Speckman at 5.14 points per run. Yeah, he... he I think that score is, um, in large part, he scored he scored a couple of tries, but also, um, let's have a look, he's, he's made 28 tackle busts throughout the season, so he's, he's just one of those players that kind of slips through and makes quite a few tackle busts. Well, from 10 runs, you expect him to make just over six tackle busts a game. That, that's pretty high. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're so he's so, got, Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, he's got 
it's almost like a 66% chance to make a tackle bust with every carry. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Jade Stigling was the other one in second place with 5.18. So just big, big points. Um, I think he's, he's only had 13 carries for the season, so it, it, it's a little bit of a, a lower number for him to actually actually look at that, that grouping. But he's made four line breaks from that, seven tackle bars, 64 metres, and two tries from 13 carries. So he's been ultra-effective when he is good. And he's obviously had a concussion at the moment, but if he comes back, he's pretty pretty uh, impressive for the Bulls as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cancillieri, someone we did talk about, so he looked absolute heat last week. He's actually looked absolute heat every time he started, but um, he's up there in what his fifth, fifth uh, most uh, points per carry. So he gets five points per carry, 5.04. Yeah, he's, um, he's got that look of a guy that's got himself as his own fantasy captain. Like he he <laughs> runs sideways looking for tackle bus, doesn't he? He's like, I don't know how to say it. It's like he's a younger uh, Ramiro Morciano. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like Absolutely. <laughs> a bit more, a bit more um, speed in the legs. I don't know. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, let's keep continuing on the list. I guess very interestingly, um, so the next one's Manasa Martelli, but let's move on from him. He's uh, out for the season. Um, Tate McDermott, huge. Mm, um, 4.98. And the mm. guy is playing big minutes and carrying the ball a lot. Yeah, he's not afraid for it to to make a to make a run. Absolutely. So um, not to mention he always tops the passing the passing stats over his opposite as well. So he's getting freebie points from that. No, no wonder he's got such a high average. Absolutely. So I guess just it's important with this is points per carry, but I guess it's important that you know sometimes um, your players might get basically no carries in a game. You know we've seen games where. Uh, Harry and I desperately watching the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, I remember the Hurricanes Sunwolves expecting Ben Lamb and uh, Wes Goosen to get all the carries, and they got nothing. But, um, yeah, very, very topical. You brought that one up because the next in the line is Wes Goosen. There um, he is. Four point six seven, and he is your perfect Rocks of Diamonds player, right? He's had a few scores in the sixties and seventies, and a few in the tens and twenties, because every now and then he just won't touch the ball for an entire game. Absolutely, that's it. Um, Sanadla, he's someone we've talked about. We've said if he um, if he sees any starting minutes, that um, he's been absolutely electric whenever he's been on the field. So he's at four point six two points per minute. Um, he is also at uh, you know eight point three six meters per carry. So um, yeah, he's been he's been very good. So we've highly we've I think we've talked about it a couple of times. We've highly recommended him to be picked up if he's ever starting. If you need someone a one weaker. Um, I'm just scrolling through looking for other names that stand out at me. Filippo Dalgunu, definitely worth a pick-up if he gets a run. We mentioned him before, 4.46 fantasy points per carry. you got Nick Phipps at 4.36 at the moment as well, which I know I don't want him in my team, but he scores some good fantasy points. And Theo Tompkinson, 4.34. He's, he's a lot higher than I thought he would have been. He's yeah. been in some pretty good fantasy form at the moment as well. Isn't it nice when the uh, this analysis we do kind of packs up all the things we're saying, you know, talking about Dalgunu, Sanadler, all these things. God, it's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Will Jordan. So, uh, I mean, people would have guessed him to be up here in this list. 4.31 points per carry. Um, pretty easy one to expect. Um, George Bridge, 4. Point, what is it? 1, 4, no, 4, 4.06, so 4 points per carry. And he's just, he looks like he's just getting started. So he was our fantasy man of the round this week with 97 points or something. Mm. Um, he looks like he's just warming up this season. Had a bit of a slow start, a bit of resting and injury. So, um, I'm, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking down the other end. JL mm. Dupree is Jean-Luc, 
who was obviously such fantasy heat last year, he's got only 0.88 fantasy points per run. So no no wonder he's not actually scoring big. Yeah, sure, he's making a few tackles, but last year that would have been over four, easy. He, he was scoring massive, massive points every time he carried the ball. But it's just not happening for him at, at all at the moment. No, it's you're spot on. Um, and look, I think we've pretty much gone to all... We've talked about all the players that are um, around the four mark. Um, I'll just rattle off another couple of the last big names, but we've got... No, actually, one last... One is uh, in the four is Campbell Magnate, so um, he's been pretty good every time he's come off the bench for the Rebels. Mm. Um, he's, he's, he seems pretty hard to stop. Like I think he's uh, a lot bigger than everyone. He's a big unit. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah. After the so that's all the four. You know, everything beneath this is less than four points per carry, but um, doesn't mean it bad. But let's just just a couple of the big names we've got. Uh, Mojano on uh, 3.97. Jose Sal- never plays Salmaki on 3.95. Rico Iwani, 3.92. And um, Jack Maddox, 3.84. And Ben Lamb, 3.79. So, um, if you're you know, one- the names you'd expect. If you're wondering why Reed Princip sucks, it's because he's at 0.21 for fantasy points per run. See, mate, that, that, he's not a rocks or diamonds player. That's why I don't. Uh, That's right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at that end of the year. He's just straight happy, rocks, but, mate. Every single game. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Now, looking. Let's have a look. Interestingly, at um, I guess tries per carry. I mean, just we've got. I kind of we've just plotted this info in, and we're kind of looking at it for the first time. Um, you know, I mean, some of this is not useful at all. Like so. So Leslie Ray Arce has a 50% chance to score a try per carry, according to um, our analysis. But, uh, I like those odds, though. I like those odds. <laughs> it's basically two carries and one try he scored this season. But, um, <laughs> is, there, is there anyone else up there? I guess it's, it, this might not be a very helpful stat. I mean, it kind of drops down pretty quickly to... Yeah, they're all, they're all in the 0. 0.15, 0. 0.14 range, so mm-hmm. probably not. I mean, it, it's all the same name. Sever Reese, Jack Maddox, Nip Phipps. Steel Bellos and that large, Jade Stigling, Jeremy Ward, interesting, but I just don't think he's had enough runs. Um, so, Falau Fanga, 0.13, with uh, only 75 runs for the entire season for his 10 tries. So, he's, he's a big one. And uh, and with him is Wes Husson as well, who obviously does not need a lot of ball and scores big when he does get it. Yep, um... I mean, I was going to go on to tackle bus, but we've talked a little bit about tackle bus. Let's um, why don't we have a look at uh, line breaks per um, per carry as well? Just chances of line breaks. Um, mm. Again, I'm not sure how kind of uh, beneficial this is going to be looking at it. But um, well, Santiago, Santiago Carreras, mm. for every three runs he makes, he makes two line breaks. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look. At, I'm looking. Let's have a look at someone with a bigger sample size. So, I mean, look, I guess the the top of the log there would really be. Um, C.O. Tomkinson, so uh, yeah, basically he's got a 40% chance to make a line break from 33 carries which is um, Mental. pretty big Cameron Clark, pretty pretty close as well almost 40% um, I, I think what you find as well though is the the wingers that are in teams that play wide to wide where they try and get round teams, just mm. get so many line breaks as well, like George Bridge didn't earn as many of his line breaks surely on the weekend, it was more a matter of the fact that he could just go around the outside Yeah, no, absolutely um, Sever Reese is about 30, 35% chance to get a line break at every carry and he's exactly what you're talking about, he normally receives the ball out there on the wing when, 
when the Crusaders have worn down their team so that they have no defenders left and he gets those line breaks. Yeah. Um, and uh, Cancieri, again, who we're talking about, he's on um, he's 33, so 33% chance for a line break. Him and, him and Roscoe Speckman both on that. Um, yeah. So um, let's just say, just because we just threw out a whole lot of names, I'll just quickly give you a rundown of probably the top 10 for fantasy points per run. Severis 5.39, Jade Stigling, Roscoe Speckman, Sebastian Conciliere, Tate McDermott down at 4.93, Wes Huysen 4.67, Sanatla 4.62, uh, Filippo Dalgunu 4.46, Nick Phipps 4.36, Theo Tomkinson 4.34 and Will Jordan 4.31. So all of those guys are, uh, should be very, very high up in the list. If you think they're going to get good minutes and potentially the game plan might fit where they throw the ball around a little more, I think they're, they're excellent, excellent players to pick up. Exactly. Basically, if any of these guys are playing the Sun Wolves ever and they're starting and you can have them in your team, it's the way to go. <laughs> That's right. They're, they're the Sun Wolves, the guys that will actually cash in on the Sun Wolves. That's it. Rocks or Diamonds, it's the exciting way to go. Um, and, uh, you know... It's got to live life on the edge. So. Well, it worked for you last year, so I can't say too much. That's it. All right, well, look, I think um, with that uh, on that bombshell, I think we might round it out for uh, for tonight. So hopefully you survived just Harry and I trucking on. And uh, from a distance, we weren't as in sync, perhaps, as we, we are uh, always. But um, I had fun. Anyway, Harry, what about you? Fantastic, mate. I'm going to get up for work in a couple of hours, though, so let's let's wrap this thing up. No worries, mate. I'll sleep in an extra couple and I'll actually I'll dedicate some a few more hours to you as well. Yeah. Right. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for that. This was uh, episode 18 and um, 40 tests. Catch... 40 podcasts, mate. 40 podcasts. Let's finish on that. 40 podcasts to Harry. We'll uh, catch you in the next one. Stay slutty. <laughs>